bendiga. What's up, what's up, people? Welcome to another episode of I Am Negan, the TWD Universe podcast. My name is Adam Vail. I'm an editor over at thecoalition.com, and I'm joined by editor-in-chief Richard Bailey Jr. What's up, Rich? What's up, Adam? What's up, listeners and viewers? And throw down on Carlos Romero. What's up, Carlos? Yo, 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 yo. What's going on? What's going on, man? We're going to talk about this uh, Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 10, New Haunts. So again, people, if you haven't watched it, you can watch it over at AMC+. Plus. It's up now. And if not, then you just wait till it airs next Sunday. Just so you know that, because we will be discussing spoilers. This is not a preview. This is a review and discussion. Because I did get some comments before about this. People like, oh, you guys said all this stuff. It's like, well, I tell everybody at the beginning a disclaimer that this is how we watch it. And I guess a lot of people don't know. And it, it sort of baffles them also. That a, a full week ahead are the episodes posted on AMC+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, it, it sort of doesn't make much sense, but that's how they're doing it. It's not like a day before, like some other sites they'll do. It. Like, oh, they watch it twenty four hours before, two days. No, it's a full week. So yeah, if you really want to go see it, there you go. If not, that's what we're going to discuss. Uh, thanks again for everybody that has been jumping aboard. We've seen uh, an increase for a lot of subs, and it makes sense. This is the final season, right? There's people that have fallen off, and it's like, ah, I don't care, but I want to follow what's happening. Maybe they're not watching, or maybe they want to see if it's even worth jumping back in, which it is. I think it is. Yeah. So, uh, well, it, and Adam, it's it's the final season, part two of three. Exactly, part two of three. We have another mid break after the this series of uh, episodes was another eight, right? So. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's a long one, but uh, they're progressing the story. So, that's great. So, again, thanks, everybody, over on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. And so, uh, yeah, let's just jump right in. This one was interesting. This was a, a setup episode. Because we saw at the end of last episode, it says six months later. But then this one starts off, and it's just 30 days after they've joined the Commonwealth. And it's not everyone. They, that's uh, that's the little issue that I have with this. They don't really explain who decided to stay and who decided to go. I wish they did because we, we there's some like Aaron's not here. We didn't see Aaron. Of course, we know Maggie's not here because we saw her still back at Alexandria. So who do we know? Let's just clear that up. That because there's a lot that jumping around. So we know definitely know Daryl, Rosita, Daryl, Carol, Rosita, Carol, um, uh. Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Well, yep. Ezekiel was already there. Um, Connie. Uh, Connie. Magna. She was there because she was the waitress. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, who else? Uh, yeah, we already know uh, Yukimo, right? I got it right. <laughs> Yumiko. Yumiko. God. Oh, man. <laughs> I am trash at that name, people. Huh? My bad. So Yumiko, she's there. Well, we definitely knew she was gonna be there because she was yeah, there before. Her, her princess um, Ezekiel. Princess and was a given because, of course, Eugene. But actually, we didn't see Eugene in this episode, so maybe he didn't. Well, you know what? We're not gonna throw him in because we didn't see him. It's very possible that maybe he decided to stay at Alexander for some weird reason, but we didn't see him in this one. All right, so we did. We did see him in the in in the 
the, end, the next yeah. episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's yeah. definitely he's playing a big part in the next episode. So a lot happened here, and so we'll we'll just skim around because there were some things that made sense to me and some things that did not make any sense. All right. So uh, sort of right off the bat from the job placement system, as most people know, it, I'm pretty sure they they made it clear during those uh, extension episodes of uh, season ten. But a lot of people, I guess, didn't watch it because that's uh, something else I noticed. Some p- confusion of people trying to understand what's going on with the Commonwealth. So if you join the Commonwealth, the process is once you get through the system, they ask you a bunch of questions, your education, job history, all that stuff. But you get put in a class. Uh, there is a class system and you get placed depending on your experience and what you've done in the past. So like Magna, she was a waitress. Before and as you can see in this one, she's a waitress again, and it seems like there's no progression system. There's no like, oh well, maybe you can. You, oh, you want to go to college? We have a training, or you want to learn a new trade? We have a someone that can teach you how to become a baker or something. It doesn't seem to be any kind of system like that implemented in a Commonwealth. So it's like what you were before is what you are now. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, that kind of sucks for some. And then, as we saw before, and, and during those little uh, episodes, and then especially here, if you were in high society, then that's where you're going to be. And this explains, without didn't really point too much into it, but uh, well, Yuki, you, I'm just going to say Yuki, Yuki's brother, Yuki, I'm so bad with this. Oh my lord, her brother. Remember, he was a baker, but yes. he was a surgeon, famous surgeon out in Illinois, Chicago. Hey, and he had talked about Chicago. that, right? Chicago, Town. But he said he didn't want that life, right? We heard that before. But the last time we saw him, he gets uh, taken away, and then who knows what happens? Well, we know what happened. They just made him a surgeon. They're like, here, what? Well, you're a doctor? Psst, that's what you're going to do. No more baking cookies and cakes. That's it. You're a doctor. I wonder how they found out. I, they must have listened in or they interrogated him. That's probably what it was, because remember they were together, they were having that, that discussion, and then also the the soldier showed up and took him away. And I guess they questioned him, or maybe they found some info on him. That's what I'm saying, that, that all happened off camera, we don't know. And he seems to be somewhat cool with it, because as the way it intertwined with what's going on with Ezekiel and Carol, so Carol is doing the baking and I don't know if she's working as his replacement at the bake shop, but she's definitely dealing with baking. You see her with the apron, she's cooking, she's making stuff. So she can look off. There's a party going on. This is a Halloween celebration, and everyone seems to be having a good old time. You know, I don't. There was a lot of jumping back and forth in this episode. There was a lot, but some of the main things to point out is that she can see from a distance Ezekiel, and what is he? Remember, he worked at the zoo worked with animals so now he's working at a petting zoo or at least if that was what was set up for the kids to enjoy during this festival but he seems to what he was like clenching his chest right it looked like he was holding his chest or doing something he made his throat isn't it It was his throat he He did something right with his arm and his chest and it just caught her attention and then she comes over and she well before that um he's there and then Jerry shows up with his family and I don't know what Jerry's job is because, I don't know, right? They didn't even really discuss it. We just see he's there as a, just a visitor to this festival. He has his wife, his kids. They're playing with Shiva's chain. I don't know why they found that fun to play with. Because it's a heavy <laughs> silk. That threw me off. I'm like, I... But I see why they did it. Because 
at some point, that's when Jerry's like, all right, we got to take this away. We got to give it back to Ezekiel. It's for Shiva. And then the daughter looks sad. And then he, Ezekiel looks at the daughter and is like, you know what? Uh, you take care of this chain and you think of Shiva and, and, and good memories and blah, 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 that whole thing. But it's still, it's like, it's a chain. And then he points it out. Because Jerry's like, oh, thank you, sure? He's like, yeah, well, you know, it's a chain. It's a steel chain. Exactly. And you're giving it to small kids. Why would you do that? My kids beat themselves with, like, regular clothes, you know, shirts and, and other things. I would never give them a chain to play with. <laughs> it just wouldn't happen. Oh, man. So there's that whole thing going on. But then again, Carol, she interacts with Ezekiel and finds out. Starts asking questions. How are you doing? He was like, oh, I'm doing fine. Everything is great. This and this thing. She knows it's BS. She definitely knows. But before, I just want to go down that path. Right? But So before I go any further, just from the layout, seeing some of the people's roles, it seems like Carol is cool with doing the bakery job. And we know that back at Alexandria, she was always cooking and doing other things, besides being a badass and, and dealing with the, the adventures that she would go on. Do you think this makes sense? Do you think everybody looked okay? It looked also like Ezekiel was kind of cool with this. You know, Rich, what did you think? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, we we get we got we did we did get a chance to see a little bit of what Carol was up to. I, I don't feel as though it, you know. I don't want to jump too ahead in this conversation, yeah, yeah. but well, obviously that there, there are things that happen that would let you know. Nobody is really truly comfortable in their role, and they still feel as though some stuff is going on in the Commonwealth. Yeah, and that makes sense because uh, I don't know how I would feel if I was just taken out of a location of just fighting for my life and turning into a different person. Because definitely, as we'll get into with Daryl's situation, when we first met him and his brother, they were just these two trashy guys out there drinking, causing havoc. They were bad guys. And mm -hmm. he's definitely changed for the better, as we see here. He's Daddy Daryl. Yeah, he is a caretaker of uh, Rick Jr. and Judith, which also threw in a wrench in my head. Again, I don't want to jump too far ahead with some of it, but I have issues with how they're living compared uh -oh. to how Carol is living. Okay, that I don't understand this. She's got a sofa? Well, that, she's got a place. All right, so th we'll just bring that part up then. You know, Carol... Because they, they, we only see one trip to her place. But it looks like a nice apartment. It's a nice apartment, nice layout. But when we see what Daryl's set up, he seems to be in some kind of apartment building. The, 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 there's loud music being played and banging. And, and they have no furniture. They're, it looks like they're hurting. And I'm like, why? I, that's a great question. And let me also just say right now, the whole thing about Daryl being portrayed as the, uh, I guess, the parental figure for RJ and uh, his daughter. I do have an issue with that, but I will be especially annoyed if we do not see Michonne and Rick return to actually reunite with their actual family. Well, I have a serious issue with it because Carol never mentions it. Rosita, no one seems to mention what's going on. Hey, how's the kids? What's mm -hmm. what's happening here? That None of that makes sense. It just, uh, it, it just, that bothered me. That bothered me. Because we do see Judith... And Daryl and the opening scene of the episode, which also sort of bothered me, where they're in a haunted house. And then there's a guy walking. And then they're like, all right, that's enough. And he stops. Like, all right, no problem. You know, it's, like, it's not over yet. Right outside these walls, this is happening. This makes no sense to have this. And I know some yeah. people will be like, oh, well, they're just trying to show. He's trying to show that they're not even threatened by this. 
yeah, it doesn't matter. If this, if that's where I came from, that situation, and it was traumatic for me and my kids, I would not say, hey, you want to be traumatized one more time? Let's go into this haunted yeah. house and relive what we went through just a month ago. See, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I also had a serious issue with that because for that exact same reason, because I didn't really understand why. Of course, that's what the show opened with. Yeah. So at the very beginning, I was confused. I was like, well, hold on. What happened between the last episode and this episode? And then you find out, oh, yeah, they're in a haunted house. But I don't know whose idea it was, it was to dumb. have something like that with Horrible. the actual reality of the stuff happening outside of the, the you know where, where they actually are is just a lot worse. Yeah, it's horrible, especially from what we had just seen in the last episode where Judas was trapped in a basement with them and killing them. And it's like, hey, what do you want to do today? Hey, I got an idea. Let's go to haunted house. No, <laughs> no, you don't do that. Oh well, that that was that pissed me off. That that part did piss I, me off. I do have some stuff to mention about this overall stuff. First, uh, Father Gabriel uh, is back to his old ways, I guess. Yeah, oh yeah, he's he's back with the cloth. It looks like that was his role because they were like, "Hey, what were you before here? It was a priest, a real priest, or a killer priest? A uh, priest, <laughs> just priest, praying priest." Ah. And they're like, "Okay, cool. That's what you are here. Thanks for coming." Yeah, so th that and also, and I don't know if this is skipping ahead, but um, I think there's a reason why that uh, some of them are there, and it, it's not to start a new life in the Commonwealth. That's it. Let me know if I'm if I misheard or something, but aren't they like some of them are waiting for Alexandria to be built back up? They said it really quick. That's uh, was it? I think it was during the. There's only one of the little time jump, and it was only three days. But there was there is one part where they were talking about that this isn't going to be permanent. That this was just for a time being for a short time while the rest of uh, the soldiers fix up Alexandria. Because that's it was another conversation where Daryl was talking to Judith back at the apartment, and she sort of wants to stay there. And he said, you know, that we don't have to stay. It was like, no, no, she likes it. She made a friend. We saw that also earlier. She had some little girl, and little girls already talking about allowance. It's always those kids. It was like, oh, I got money. You don't got any money. You know, it's like, yeah, um, that, yeah. that shit triggered me. I didn't get an allowance when yeah, I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, I, I got an allowance from my dad, but my, my parents split, so he felt like he had to give me money. <laughs> so he always <laughs> felt bad. He's like, oh, here's some money. Go buy some G.I. Joe's. But, um,. <laughs> Yeah, so that part was weird. I don't know if they're going to school. Maybe we'll see that later on if there's a school system or anything going on. But uh, it was it was weird. It was the whole thing. I don't know where the little boy was because when we saw that scene with Judith and her new little friend at the fair, we don't see Rick Jr. We only see yeah. him at the apartment. So maybe they just leave him in the dark. I don't know because I, I didn't see a TV or a light or anything. They, they showed the light fixture above, but it wasn't on. And people were just banging around up there. And... Uh, what's it? She bought a Motorhead record. That was kind of fun. Very random too. I was like, yeah, well, records and record players would that survive? I guess that makes sense. I, I would think CDs would, but I like how they did the transition between the the Motorhead song when they were playing it in the record to oh yeah to Daryl going to the to to the whole uh, enforcement kind of training thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But all right, so we'll just jump into that part too. So. We see that Daryl and Rosita have pretty much signed up. It looks like they was voluntary. They want to join the, the Commonwealth military group there. So they they have to go through some of the training. 
And the training is you team a woman, one, one other person, and you have a knife. And so it's uh, two people and a knife, and a man or woman, doesn't matter. And you have to work as a team, and you go into two different houses, and it's a kill house. Just kill all the walkers there and work together. That's the goal. So, of course, Darren and Rosita, they want to get teamed up together. And Mercer was like, no, not happening. Which makes sense, because it's like, obviously, yeah, you guys have been out there. You know how to work together, but that's not always going to be the case. We want to make sure to see you guys work with others. So they separate them. Uh, the guy that's uh, paired up with Daryl, eh, he's not so skilled with all of this. Tries to be nice. And it's funny. He puts his hand out. It's like to shake at Daryl's hand. And Daryl just gives him the knife. He's like, here, you you take care of this. I know what I'm doing. And uh, I guess he sensed that early vibe of him not really being sure how to handle himself because he really didn't. He was struggling throughout the whole time there. Daryl's killing and constantly hearing a guy, uh, help, uh, that whole thing. So, <laughs> and then uh, to the point that uh, Mercer had to just jump in and put one down because the guy was on his back, which again always throws me off because these these walkers, unless they're fresh, should be very weak and mushy. You should be able to just push them over. You know what I mean? It's Unless they just turned where they have some strong meat on them, they should be real yeah. f- mushy, mushy well, walkers. Mm. Well, I, I do I do agree, but I, I do want to say this is The Walking Dead, and it feels as though every episode we have to have some type of character struggling to try oh, yeah. to take of down course. a walker. Of course, of course. <laughs> of course. So then, Daryl... I mean, you, you know what bothers me out of... Every time, because they do the same, the same uh, sort of maneuver with the walkers, where the walkers are like holding their shoulders with both hands, and they're holding their shoulder, like their hands on their chest or shoulders or whatever mm-hmm. on the walkers. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. why can't you kick them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, how about how about instead of putting your hands on the shoulder, put it on their throat and lift their head up so they can't bite you? You know, yes. like a choke. I don't know. Well, and, and remember back. I don't know if this is still still canon, but they all they needed to do was to scratch you in order to turn you. It was a lot of that. It was that and stuff oozing if they would bleed into your mouth and stuff. Almost like a twenty eight days later situation. But things they they've been a little bit loose with that right now. It's it's more of yeah. it's a bite. It has to be a little stronger. So, and I think they started changing things up. Definitely when they started uh, amputating limbs. And saying, oh, we caught it in time. How do, how do you know? How, how do you know? But they know. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, he gets in trouble. But Rosita and her partner, they, they, they're very vocal. They're calling it out. All right, got one here. here take here. All right, you cover me. I got this knife. Here, take. And they work together. So they passed. But uh, Daryl did not pass. So then Mercer says, all right, come with me. They go off. And then now we see um, Pamela Milton, which is the governor, her son, the annoying guy uh, sebastian i think that was his name and uh he's there and uh they're going on another mission it's a special mission all three mercer daryl and the son sebastian but then rosita shows up and i'm like what are you doing here they're like oh i volunteer and she brings a bag of weapons and so they open up the bag and you see the crossbow you see the a mace you see it with, with spike ball mace not the spray mace a few other weapons that they put together and sebastian just makes jokes of all of it he doesn't take any of this stuff serious and i'm like all right whatever now i don't understand what the point of this was was this to train daryl for something or was this just to make sebastian happy because he wanted to go do something did I miss it? Yeah. What, what? No, no, you didn't. Because I'm. That's one of the things that I've just 
been wondering what the hell is Sebastian doing there? Is he is he trying to be part of the armed forces or? Yeah. See, uh, you know, I I just want to make this comment. Uh, you know, I know that Adam and and I believe you as well, Carlos. You've you've read the comics, so you know Adam may not want to spoil anything, but he has to know why Sebastian is is featured so so heavily. Oh, I know, I know why very he annoying. is, but not like this because remember, Daryl was not in the comics. So yeah. this this didn't I didn't understand if they were going on a mission because the way Mercer made it seem like all right come with me like he was either going to tell him to do something or whatever because Sebastian mentions oh well it was a special forces or we're we're doing some special training of some sort he said something like that special mis- military training because then later on in the episode he mentioned is like oh in fact, in fact it was I think it was a, maybe a few minutes after that when something happens and we'll get to it and he says oh looks at Mercer and says oh and this is supposed to be the future of the Commonwealth military this guy remember he made that little mention but that's what I'm saying I don't know why they were together on this but they were and we see Sebastian having a, a altercation he's fighting with one of Walkers he's struggling Daryl gets concerned grabs his crossbow puts the the Walker down. Sebastian gets pissed, looks at him, gives him a natural mark, the whole thing, and then walks off. And, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's all to prove that he, that he is, he has some value in the Commonwealth, because in that same scene, his mom walked by, and you could see that she was disappointed mm-hmm. that he needed assistance to take down that walker. So it, this is all to give him some type of value to show that he actually, you know, is able to do something beneficial in the commonwealth but i still don't understand uh why they're putting daryl as the central character that's basically aiding him in in showing showing this so i think i I think what what they're i'll go ahead rich sorry oh no no continue yeah yeah, continue i think what they're trying to do is is the whole daryl is gonna warm up to the kid so he can get get his trust so when when he eventually backstabs him, and you know, in, in the end, it's like that's where the origins came up for the trust. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 still I'm still you know, it's it's interesting why the well I understand why they're doing it, but it's kind of weird the way they're doing it. The kid, the kid is supposed to be that annoying kind of Joffrey type of role mm-hmm. in the story, and. Uh, so they're like it, it. It just feels jarring that they're shooing them into all of these scenes. That so the the one in the banquet makes sense, but the one in in this training thing doesn't make sense at all. It's like why is he there? Well, like, it doesn't and, make sense. And that's and they sort of bring it up within seconds because once he walks off, Daryl looks at Mercer and he's like, "What's the deal? Why do we have to listen to this?" Pre-? He doesn't really go into it, which I wish he did. If he just said, "Hey, it's he's the." governor's son this is what's going on and this is how this works and my job is to try to turn him into a soldier which is what i i'm assuming was the mission here was to just to try to show him the ropes of how to kill and that's it and they just needed backup just in case things got a little hectic which is why he brought uh, daryl along and uh, that was it with that that's all we know but he says is it to and then that was another weird scene because you don't see Rosita, you just see Daryl talking, and then all of a sudden in the next frame we see that Rosita standing right next to him. I'm like, oh, where'd you come from? But uh, there's, he starts telling them, Mercer's telling them, it's like, just do what you can because he's been to a lot of locations, 
and this is the best setup he's come across. And if they want to make something work out for them, and he wants them to succeed there, just play the game, which is just, let's just deal with it. So that makes sense. Now, what you're thinking later, it's probably what's going on. It's because what we just said about um, Judith wanting to stay there, that maybe I'm thinking Daryl is willing to play the game because he's like, I'm doing it for the kids. Maybe he sees the, the, the imbalance and some of this doesn't really make much sense. And it's like, ah, oh, the boss's kids, a pain in the ass. But if he wants <laughs> to give a better experience for the kids, and it is a better setup. And that's one thing that we're seeing a different side of of uh, Daryl with all of this. And I'm still surprised that he's the one, he's the caretaker of these kids. But And how did that happen? Who, I don't know. Who, who made the decision? I- I, li- I like how you're saying that Daryl is uh, willing to play the game, uh, and and I was like, oh, the first thing that came into my mind is like, man, they should have they should have picked that song as as uh, that Motorhead song. Oh yeah, time to, to play the game. Well, he made uh, Motorhead. That's the thing with Lemming. They made that song for WWE, so they would probably have to get WWE's rights to play that because that oh, was yeah. that was the entrance song for Triple H. So that's why, I, yeah, it was never released on one of their albums. At least not that I know of. That was always uh, just uh, the entrance song that he had. But yeah, it would have would have been great. Time to play the game. <laughs> you know, so it would have been it would have been it would have been good good leading up to the to the training. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what else did we learn from this episode? Rosita and um, the priest, killer priest. They're still a thing. They're still a relationship. Gabriel. They're, Gabriel. They're still an item, and he's helping with the child. So everybody seems to be okay with a priest having a child. Yeah, and, and well, I, I mean, wedlock. it technically isn't Unless, his child, but no, but he's still. Well, he's well, and by the way, there, there are there there are you know priests that some priests that can have uh, children. Yeah, no, I know, but they didn't mention it. Like I don't know what denomination they're going forward with this. They didn't bring that up. Well, they don't. You know, they don't want to specify. Yeah, they, they don't want to specify. But we definitely know that he has prayer groups because she mentioned it. She was like, "I'll be back before you know your group starts and the whole thing." So, uh, yeah, that's that's going on there. And uh, oh, another key part of this episode was with Pamela Milton. That's the governor. Getting more of a read on her and how she's running things. Because as we saw this, there was a big event for Halloween and all this stuff. But there's the after party. And that's for all the high society people. And they're seen as celebrities. Because uh, that threw me off. Because at first I'm like, oh, is there a special party for this? Because we have regular town people on both sides of the stairwell going up into this fancy house. And they're cheering. Like, I didn't understand that part. Like, why are you cheering? And they were cheering for Mercer and the whole thing. It's like, if you're so laid back and not concerned about the outside world, what do you think he's doing that's so... That's so... uh, I don't know, like, not superhero-ish, but so deserving of that type of reaction. You know what I mean? What do they know that he's doing that deserves him to be seen as this hero of the people? Does that mean that makes sense? Do you get what I'm saying? You know? Like, when he, when he gets out of the car, or the location where he's walking up, and then everyone's cheering for him. And then that's when Princess makes a comment. She was like, oh, you look good in that suit. And then they started doing a little flirty back and forth. Your Princess yeah. sees in the moment. Oh, yeah. She sees in the moment. Now, some people, and I get it. Like, If you didn't read the comic, then you're, you're 
you may look at this and be like, hmm, she's trying to figure out a way to get into his life for some other purpose. But in the comics, she was really into him. Like, they, that's a thing. But I don't know if that's coming off directly on that point in the the TV show. Right now, uh, maybe some people might think that, especially when we get into it about the resistance and all that, that maybe they're oh, maybe she's part of it. Maybe she has another motive that she's trying to get close to him. What do you guys think? Well, I know for sure, and we're, I guess I'll be jumping ahead, but... Um... What's the what's the name of the waitress? I always forget her Magna? name. Magna. Yeah, her. She she she's definitely part of the resistance. Oh, yeah. I have no clue that she was, is or not. But just it. just from that one scene, I'm like dead giveaway. Well, because that's the thing. The, the guy, and we'll get into it once we get in. And then people are like, oh, you're jumping around. Like that. This episode just did a lot of jumping around. It was all over the place. And I'm trying to just go streamline from certain story parts so we did the daryl and all that stuff and then now just follow what's going on with the hierarchy with milton and and seeing i because they really didn't under explain too much about even why connie she's a journalist right so is she a journalist here they have their own paper i don't i don't know because she was there she's at the party and milton makes it a point to go up and start talking to her and then well, still- I guess both of the sisters are journalists because she's like, you know, one is the the transcriber and the other one is a translator. Yeah, uh, it was it was, it's- and then uh, she starts acting because Connie starts picking up on some of the the whole class system and how things work and starts asking questions. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, this is some kind of structure because you know, she talks to uh, Milton talks about her father. Her father was the former president before the the world fell apart. So she starts talking about, oh, my dad would probably like this. And Connie's like, I don't think so. Because look at this whole class system, this divide that you have going on here. And she's like, oh, you know what? I want to introduce you to somebody. Basically just passing her off so that she can go and walk and do something else. And that's when we see, it was a Tyler or Taylor. And that's the soldier. I didn't put it together until a few minutes after when we find out with the, the whole thing with Princess. Is that that was a soldier that was... Uh, holding princess and eugene over at the in the train car and she beat him up remember they, they kicked his ass and the whole thing and, and he disarmed him so it looks like he lost his job and he says it. he said he lost everything when that happened but he's not a waiter because when i saw this i'm like oh they gave him a new job now he's gonna be a waiter no he's not even supposed to be there his whole goal of getting in there was to talk to the governor, but she didn't want to talk to him. So when she's walking through after talking to Connie, he approaches and was like, "Hey, uh, Miss Milton, I need to talk." And security's like, "No, no, no, back up. No, it's not happening." And so he gets brushed off. And then she gets on stage. She gives a whole speech about celebration and life, and that there's a they saved was it a painter out in the wild, and she did this beautiful painting of her father and. While this whole thing's happening, that's when that guy comes out, starts screaming, this is all BS, none of this is fair, I lost everything, he takes out his knife, he puts it to the throat of her assistant, gives his whole reasoning, his speech about how what we just discussed, he lost, he was a soldier, lost everything, now he has nothing, and he, he cuts the, the painting, and he makes it seem like he's going to kill um, her assistant, and starts backing up, and then he runs out. That didn't make sense to me. I mean, there's guards everywhere. Everywhere. Like, the camera keeps panning to, to uh, Mercer, obviously. But Mercer's not uh, 
he's not there for that. He's not dressed there. He, there were soldiers. You see him right at the beginning. There were soldiers all over this place. So I don't know how he was able to run out. And they're not even that far either. They, they find him. Well, Daryl finds him right away. Maybe his tracking skills kicked in. Find him right away. We get a quick little rundown and backstory of what's going on with him. Saying that he, he he was the only provider for his sister and the daughter and her daughter or whatever. And then he, he needs to provide and he was about to kill himself. And Daryl gives him a, a whole little speech, and I, I, which makes sense because he lost his brother. He's like, at least you have family. I, I You should appreciate that. And if you, if, uh, you die, if you kill yourself, then your sister loses out on having family. Don't do that to her. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. So he handcuffs him and he's leading him out. And then he sees Sebastian. Sebastian was like, oh, you did something finally. You finally did something good. But this is what we're saying. Time to play the game. He hands over the, the prisoner to Sebastian. And says, here, bring him in. You know, make it look like you caught him. It's like, okay, cool. So he does it. So right there, before we go any further, what do you think? You think Daryl is playing the game? Or you think he has other motives? Rich? I think Daryl is feeling out the situation. Obviously, uh, you're going to continue to help Sebastian. Uh, I'm not really sure why he is choosing to help Sebastian. And I guess as a viewer, you're supposed to question that and you'll get an answer to that at some point. But uh, let me just backtrack for a second and make a comment about the uh, painter. Uh, Perhaps this is a painter that should have been on Fear of the Walking Dead painting that portrait of uh, Strand, because I wanted to see what her what, what, what would have happened to her if he saw what she painted and he didn't like what she uh, painted all, as well. So I just wanted to make that comment. Yeah, if people don't know, there was a painter on there and there was an issue, and yeah, that was, that was a funny moment. Real, real quick, uh, I'm gonna be I'm not gonna be talking for five minutes because my boom mic just fell. Oh, okay, right. okay. All right, so. Uh, once we get back into the room, we see Sebastian. He brings over the, the Taylor, Tyler, whatever, brings him up. And he says, all right, look, I got him. And they're all happy. The mom is happy. People are clapping. They're like, yay, we caught the bad guy. And then she just tells us the military guys to just take him away. And there goes that. So then Mercer is in charge of trying to find out what's going on. Because as the guy's being taken away, he's screaming. He's like, fight for the people, resistance, and this and this and that. And there's thousands of us. And... She then, um, Pamela, looks over at uh, Lance, which is uh, her. That's the main guy that we've seen as the representative. Like, he's the one that's been interacting with everybody. He's the one that showed up in the suit. He's uh, on the welcome videos. He's the the face of uh, the Commonwealth. And she asked him, is this true? And he was like, no, it's not true. But then again, he doesn't really know. uh, Or maybe he does. And I think we'll find out more. As uh, the episodes and the season progress. All right, so Marissa... Well, well, go ahead. I'm sorry, I just wanted to ask a quick question. I'll let you finish, and then I'll ask my question. All right, right, so uh, once he goes outside, we see that Mercer is there, and he tells Rosita. Now, I guess Rosita and Daryl are officially part of the military, because, I mean, they didn't make it official. That it, It sort of looked like he failed the test before, but there was no official confirmation that they are now part of that, uh, the Commonwealth military there. Right? Uh, they, they didn't mention anything, but he's giving them jobs. They're there on scene, obviously. And he gave Rosita a job. He's like, go in there, question them. You know, you know somebody from your group that works there now, the waitress, see what she knows. 
right? We got to find out how he got in because that's he was not a waiter. That's not his new job. So somebody set him up there because he had an outfit and everything. All right, so before I go on, what would you get to say about that part? What happened? Uh-oh. So, oh. so first and foremost, I, I just want to make a quick comment. Because yep. uh, I know we didn't mention this earlier. There were two very minor time jumps in this episode, the 30 days in. The 33, issue. yep. Yeah, it was, first it was 30 days within the Commonwealth, and then 33. And then on that 33 day, that's when you saw that uh, that Daryl had the outfit, so on and so forth. But that's later. Uh, that's after yeah, this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's after this. Yeah, th- yeah that, 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 that's after the question I had, though, about this re- resistance thing, and obviously you can't really get into spoiler territory, but I want to know, did a similar thing happen in the comments? Was there a uprising of people in the Commonwealth that uh, revolted against the uh, forces Rich, of power? Rich, gotta be careful when he has these type of questions. Gotta be careful. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll just say there's always people upset about any situation. Okay. Any kind of, that's right. just the way it is now. I mean, we could never make everyone happy. You could say everybody we have free ice cream, and someone's like, "Well, I don't like ice cream." This, you know, there's always going to be that. So it's the same thing here. Yes, there, there's always going to be people. So there's no surprise. I think what surprised Milton was when he started saying that there were thousands, and that there's a resistance. So there's always people that aren't happy. But when you start saying resistance and thousands, it sounds very organized, and that's her concern. Is there an uprise coming? And so that's what she wants Lance to look into to find out about that. And so now it looks in a way Mercer wants to find out as well. So he tells Rosita. Rosita goes to talk to Magna. It's like Charles sort of talking to her like a friend. But then it looks like Magna's already fed up with all of this. And it's like, look at you. Look who look who you're working with now. It's like you talk about change and this and that and, and, and what's good for people. But you're on the other side of the fence. You're, you're the bad guy now. Without well, saying it directly. But I think that's what she was implying. I just find it interesting that, like, there wasn't any communication between the, the the people who originally got there and the people who got there later to, you know. Oh yeah. Because it, cause it feels it feels like there's a disconnection between both of them, and I'm like, aren't you? You're supposed to be part of the same team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you would think that the conversation of how this society works would have happened from Eugene on their way back to the Commonwealth. It's like, hey, everybody, uh, heads up. This is how this works when we get here. You know, uh, Megan, what, what did you used to do before? I, I was a waitress at that Applebee's. Well, you're going to be in our version of Applebee's. Okay, next. You know what I mean? It's like, well, I think, I think, I think that was done by design. And because the fact that you have the time jump happening in the episode where immediately you just see that everybody's in the Commonwealth and they've moved on, I guess they decided. Well, we don't want to show all this information uh, because it may take a while to explain to the other group what the process is because they figured they already showed us the others that came there initially when Eugene and them were captured. They pretty much explained the process in that in that whole first half of the season. So I guess they decided let's just uh, fast forward to say, okay, they're here because what's happening right now is more interesting storyline as opposed to showing them get caught up to speed as to what's happening in, in the Commonwealth. Yeah, it, it gets interesting with all this, so we'll, we'll see. But we definitely know that Judith wants to stay, and then that's when he was like, hey, listen, I got this better job, pretty much saying, and he got the record player, and they played the record, and then that's when we see he has a suit on, he's he's a soldier, he's a full-fledged soldier doing his thing for the Commonwealth, 
and uh, Rosita is running around with the group and they're trying they go into that guy's house and then you see all these drawings and paintings and of the soldiers and clearly something else is going on now the thing is that there's different drawings and stuff i was like well then again he was part of this the whole system maybe he was coming up with new designs for the outfits you know it doesn't really mean anything i don't know but she seemed very concerned and so maybe she's thinking there is some truth to all of this about the a resistance group and, and what's happening because she didn't get anything from magna and we don't know how he got in but like you said she's clearly part of it or she knows about it and people are upset we hear also there was another person that was talking about their kid uh maybe their kid will do something better and, and she gave a comment like no not really my kid is going to be just like every whatever i used to do there, there is no growth that's just not how it works you you pass along your trade to your kid and then continue on in that path there's not like oh my kid is going to be better than me and he's going to become a doctor or something or a programmer no no, you were a shoeshine guy. He's shoeshine boy to be shoeshine guy when you die. That's how this works. You know, so uh, what else did we pick up from here? Uh, we see uh, uh, Yuke's brother is there at this party also drinking it up. He's pissed that he has to be a surgeon. That's not something he wanted to do. And he's boozing it up at this party. So we saw him, but there's nothing else that happens. We just see he's pissed. You know, surprise, surprise. But apparently that party was drinking drowned. That's it. Oh, but just to go back with all that, because uh, that's it for their parts of this episode. And uh, the one that I thought that was the most interesting for me personally was Carol, because if we now go through her story of this episode, she's concerned for the for Ezekiel. She sneaks into the doctor's office. She looks into the file. She's able to do all this stuff. She sees, and then the doctor, of course, is the Yuke's brother, the surgeon. He's there. He's like, oh, what are you doing? What's going on? And then she just happens to find a file and says, all right, this is the list of everybody who needs this surgery. He's, what, 147 or something like that on the list. And she was like, uh, how long is it going to take for his name to get called? He's like, uh, too many, you know, unless you can figure out a way to get him on top of that list it's it's not gonna happen and i was like oh you just told somebody who likes to kill i was like she's gonna kill everyone that's this is her hit list she's gonna kill everybody and put them on the fast track but no that's that's not what she does what does she do she goes to lance she sees that lance is having issues trying to prepare for this party trying to get alcohol and uh she knows what was it? it was a map of some sort she knows where it is but it's outside of the, the the Commonwealth area, but she goes out there, she fights some walkers, she gets the booze, she brings it to him, she explains, listen, this is what we got, I want to work out a deal, I need to get my buddy up on top of that list. So it looks like he's going to continue to help her, but he needs some more things done, right? And this is the part that also really threw me off, and I don't know if I was picking it up wrong or not, but you guys let me know. Back at her fancy apartment, and they're drinking booze and doing the whole thing. Her and Ezekiel. And he's talking about a fresh beginning. Are they rekindling their relationship? I didn't really read it that way. I read it more as just in a new home. Are, you know, are they together? They don't. They're not living together, right? No, no, they're no, not. No, because she he was visiting. Yeah, I don't know. It was really dumb because. They were a couple before. Right? They were somewhat like married in a way, remember? And they had their son and the whole thing. And then his head ended up on a spike. And that put an end to the relationship because she was pissed. And then she lived out of the 
of uh, that the, that community, the kingdom, and it was a whole big thing. So yeah, I guess I guess it's not happening. But she definitely wants to be there for him, and she's gonna do all these little side missions for Lance. So then that way he can get bumped up on the list. So what do you think? You you made a little joke about it before, Dead Man Walking. But do you think he's gonna die from this? She's not gonna be able to save him. So, so here's so here's the situation. Uh, yeah, um, this is an interesting storyline, only from the standpoint of you're curious what's going to happen with Ezekiel. We know that he has a bad health diagnosis. I don't think that the character is going to make it out of this season because uh, in he obviously in the comics he still he he was already, he's already dead in the comics. Um, but the problem here is that Carol. You know, she did. She was willing to get the wine for for the for the people, but you saw when she had that interaction towards the end of the episode. He said, "This is the first step." Oh yeah, yeah. She's gonna be doing all kinds of things. So I kind of feel like knowing how the Carol character, how Carol's character character is, she is going to break the rules and now take matters into her own hands. So it's a question of is that going to be chaotic for what happens in the Commonwealth? I think it will, but I think because this is Walking Dead, is that. Eventually, she will do whatever she can to get Ezekiel on that list, and then Ezekiel will still die anyway. Because, again, yeah. it has to be a heartbreaking Something, yeah, death. Something's going to happen. Because yeah. he wants her as a spy. Everything was yeah. showing that she makes a good spy. She bumped into the other guy going in. She stole the keys. She found the files needed. She overheard Lance having the whole conversation about how he needed to find you know, booze and stuff for this event. So, clearly, this is all pointing. It was like, he sees it. You're a good spy. You're, you know what you're doing, and I need you to find out about the, everything you can about this resistance, who's part of it, who's organizing it, and if it's real. Or maybe there's nothing to it, but it's clearly going in that direction. So that was it. That's it. There was a lot going on in this episode. So people, again, watch it. If you haven't watched it, there is just a lot of jumping around. They threw a lot. They throwing them with the time jump. It was kind of weird that they did the 30 to 33 so it's like, oh, three days later. But yet, at the 30 point, it looked like Daryl and Rosita were already part of the military group because they were at that that uh, that event. Remember? That was yeah, a whole they're thing. Already, they're, they're already there. They're already, they're already in the club. They're in the club. The, yeah, you're in the club, and they're getting orders and stuff. So to, to show this part after three days later where he gets the suit, it was like, ah, I think this should have been flipped. Maybe you should have showed the shoot first. And then we're like, all right, you're going to be uh, special security. So no suit on this one. You wear just the black outfits, you know, and, and like Secret Service type of thing. But uh, yeah, so we got that going on. We have the, the relationship that seems to be legit that's brewing between Mercer and Princess, which is great. Yeah, and it was a funny, that one funny scene where he's like, oh, there's a dress code. And I'm like, she's dressed up as a princess. Her name is Princess. You know what I mean? It's like, that makes perfect sense. What do you mean, dress code? I am walking with a princess. And that was mm. the other thing that threw me off with everybody just lining up on the side, celebrating everyone going to this fancy party. It's like, what do you give a shit? You're not going into this party. It's like, why do you care? It's not like they're actors or, or sports celebrities. What people follow them. I don't know. That, that still bothers me with that. But I guess they had to come up with some way to explain why Princess would be there in her Princess outfit. Because remember, her job was working at the at least from what we saw at that amusement area there, and she was dressed up as a princess. Just real quick on on uh, Mercer's character, it feels like you know at, when I first when we first got introduced to the character, and obviously I don't know 
about him in the comics. So I don't want, and no spoilers on him, but uh, um, I didn't know if they were planning uh, Mercer out to be either a villain or a good guy. And it seems, you know, the more episodes we get through this, the relationship with, with Princess, it seems like Mercer, his interactions with Daryl and Rosita, it feels like he's going to be a good guy. Yeah, like, he's, just like he told Daryl, he is playing the game. You know, he's mm-hmm. been out there, just like Daryl. He saw how crazy things were. Now, he was former military. looks like a high-ranking military. And that's why he was put in the rank of commander of all the, of the Commonwealth military, because of that. And uh, but he's playing the game. He's going along with it. It's it could be worse. Is what he was trying to explain to Daryl. It's like yeah, you got this prick kid, but it could be a lot worse, and it's not. So let's just go with it. And then with Daryl doing what he did with finding the guy and handing him off to Sebastian, so he looks good in front of his mom. I think he's like going along with it. Yes, I'd like to make a quick comment. This is not really a spoiler, but I, I just want to say this because, you know, Carlos brought up uh, Mercer. I just want to say that uh, Daryl could learn a lot from Mercer because he is very hesitant to pursue something with Connie, whereas Mercer is now getting hit on by Princess and looks as though he is going to pursue that. <laughs> well, the so. thing is, is that Princess, she's she's from the Bronx, so she's strong on that. And she was just throwing all the some shit. You look good in that suit. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> she is making it very known and very aware that she is interested. And it makes things easier. It makes things easier. Yeah. I think he, with uh, Daryl, he's still unsure of the whole thing. Okay, Maybe he doesn't think... Cause there was one little scene where... He, she starts talking about she's going to the media, and I think they, she, Connie mentioned it, or it was Carol that said, "Oh, you should invite her. You should go with her," which makes it also yeah, Carol. Carol was saying that like, you should dance with her. Oh, there, there you go. You should go dance with her. Well, technically, he can't because he's there working. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Rich, w- w- which is which is an excuse because if you really like somebody, you will make time to to spend with them. Uh, <laughs> uh, to, uh, oh, a great philosopher once said. Don't don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still princess from the block. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Nice. So she, so she still got she still got the Bronx in her, man. That's it. No, she's definitely she's definitely forceful with that. But it works. And it works and he respects it and he likes it and he's like, Yeah, let's do this. You're gonna be my date tonight. But then uh, everything that fell apart after that. But I think it's gonna still work out for them. And that was it. We didn't see everyone else. We didn't see what's going on with Eugene. Not so much with almost nothing. What's going back at Alexandria. Just that we know that they're out there fixing. Some of the soldiers were left behind to fix things up. So it looks like the plan was that they would have they would stay there and perform services. See how things are. Maybe some stay. Some don't. And uh, fix up Alexandria. And maybe they'll use them as a, like a trading post because in the comics they were clearly aware of other communities and they would trade with them for certain things that they needed and there was even a resort that they would go to which was kind of funny i don't know if we'll see that resort in this one but um there's different things and uh, but they all fall, fall in line and follow the class system they all they agree to how things work so we'll see if that's what they're trying to do with Alexandria, maybe that's why Maggie's pissed. Because she doesn't want to be like, oh, because we have the farmland here, now we have to grow crops for you guys. That type of deal. You know, Maybe that's where they're going with it. Because from what we saw last episode, the way 
um, Maggie was like, you know, I'm not doing this and then or whatever. And then uh, Daryl was like, this is how it has to be. Remember? He says to that, something to that effect, right? He said something like, it has to be this way. So I think that's what it is. But he didn't say it in like a meaningful way, like, we're going to kill you and take over. Nothing like that. So it looks like she just doesn't want to be part of that type of uh, system that they have in place. But we'll see. We will see. Because, uh, I, again, I don't want to spoil anything. But a lot of stuff that Daryl is playing is a lot of the same roles that uh, Rick played yeah, in the comic. Be careful. I'm just saying it looks like that's how they did the trade-off. Because it's not me. It's the show following still that line of the comic. And they're dancing on that line with different characters playing the same type of roles. Like we saw that with with Harry and Car- and Carl when Carl died when they killed him off, but they sort of still kept his line all the way through. It's weird, but uh, it's fine. It's fine. I like it. I just want to see how this links up with everything else that comes to play in this season. And, and the last comment that I would like to make is to go along with what you said about this is very similar to Rick and what happened with what happens with Rick. Uh, I don't think it's going to be 100% similar because obviously that was a different outcome. And, and this guy has another show. So clearly nothing is going to happen with Daryl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen with Daryl. Yeah. I mean, it, well, at least here he could leave or something like that or something's going to happen. And then again, something could. Remember, they said there was six months. So maybe they, we don't see all of that six months. I don't know. Uh, the same thing with Negan. We don't know what's going on with Negan. Yeah. So. There goes that, people. Thanks again for uh, just tuning in, just following the show, following Walking the Dead all the way to the end. Uh, again, over if you this is your first time coming across us, we also cover Fear the Walking Dead and all the other spin-offs. Thankfully, World Beyond is over, and we do have that Terry Crews one that's going to be interesting. I need to find more info on that. So uh, we will be back for next week's episode, episode 11. And hopefully we'll get more answers according to the little preview that we saw. It looks like we're going to get a lot more answers, at least from Eugene's standpoint and what's going on there. And we'll see some of the cracks, if you haven't already, some of the cracks that are forming within the Commonwealth. Because it's, it's not all sunshine and rainbows in this new uh, this new way of life. Which is funny because you're like, oh, we're bringing back the old way. And it's like, yeah, the old way with class systems way back. It's like... There were there was no that's like medieval times you know it's like oh I can't better myself no you cannot my friend that's it all right people thanks again for tuning in and downloading and checking us out and we will see you next week peace yes